0: hey welcome back to conscious sedation this is shift number two and we appreciate all you guys support and feedback i am tasha i'm ryan i'm tiffany and we are the fabulous minds behind conscious sedation we make up your hostess crew and we will be here with you every week make sure you tune in you can catch us on soundcloud itunes podcast addict and stitcher Woo! We are we're all of them. We up in this piece. <laughs> <laughs> and we have been doing lots and lots of social media outreach. So we're really grateful for that. And we appreciate your continued support. So let's jump right into this this week's shift. Because we're not going to say show or episode. We're going to make it nursing. Um, and instead of doing a regular reca- recap, we're going to talk about what our hashtags were from last week and what stuck out for us. Mm-hmm. So, my hashtag last week <laughs> would be hashtag Sherry's Berries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I talked about that box of berries a whole, whole lot. Clearly a life changer, I suppose. Um, Must have been delicious. Minute on the lips, lifetime on the hips. I'll be working out forever to try and get rid of those damn things. But they were delicious. So, yeah, that's mine. So my um, hashtag—I actually have
1: two. One Wait is. Wait, but
0: okay.
1: I yeah, I have two. I couldn't. <laughs> Rule I couldn't. Breaker. <laughs> so okay. yeah. Transparent moment. I, I have a hard time making decisions. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, hashtag realistic goals is going to be one. Just to recap, I think it's pertinent to you know last week's subject matter, and then also we didn't say, which would be definitely nursing-related. That in nursing we say. We have SMART goals. True. Right? Mm-hmm. So they're specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. So that's my first hashtag. And my second one is hashtag Militant Chic. Power to the people. Yes. <laughs> so what you got?
2: I have hashtag Kansas just because. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> huge pause after I shouted out where I'm from, but for everybody listening from the super midwest hello and thank you
1: yes yeah kansas
0: oh, in the building oh. stand up every time <laughs> you say it i can't help but laugh a little bit inside and outside okay. because it's just so fine whatever well kansas birthed you so it can't be all bad mm-hmm. It, there is some good in Kansas. Yeah, hands. thank this you. It's cool. I'm I'm It's not Gary by any means, but that's all good. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That went <laughs> south quick, didn't it? Okay. So, moving right along. <laughs> in efforts to um, keep with our theme of self-care and promote that among ourselves and our audiences, we're actually going to have a mindful moment. Well, we talk about things throughout the week that had impacted us and made us become more grateful or more mindful in the moments. And we decided to share those with you. Um, Feel free to share your mindful moments with us as well in our email, which is gettodated705 at gmail.com. You can send us your email questions, your mindful moments, any ideas that you may have. We're going to be watching that email box like a hawk because we don't want it to be empty. So. This week, um, my mindful moment would be just the outpouring of support and um, positive and, and negative feedback. I don't think we really got that much negative feedback, but definitely constructive criticism. I feel like we can only go up from here. So, I mean, not that I expected our podcast to bomb or anything like that or for it to be whack (laughs) because it wouldn't I mean because why so so right no so not that I expected that but it definitely was a humbling experience and I can appreciate my creativity being received in a way that I thought was going to be great and so everybody else kind of followed what I thought so just thank you um Got me feeling all warm and fuzzy around the heart area. Oh dear. around Wait. this area. I'm, yeah. I'm just you got really a tear. A thug here. Not today. a thug tear yet. If we end up getting 500 <laughs> likes by the end of next week, Ooh, then okay. I just know what nice to do. That's I know nice what to do. Yes, whatever you gotta do, comment, rate, subscribe, hit that thumbs up, share. Sharing is caring um and get the word out there that we actually do have something to give that's going to change your life so that is my mindful moment uh, what about you ryan again i have
1: two <laughs> okay so she getting out of control now she trying us Here we next go. time she did we three. talk about mike hoggan before i think we did i have two i, I have two So, the very first one is that um, I was actually involved in a car accident yesterday. Oh, okay. And I am, um, so actually three weeks or about a month ago, um, I was on the scene of another collision. I wasn't involved in the accident, but I kind of saw it unfold. And um, of course, I'm a nurse. The car like flipped over. It was super crazy. So, the nurse in me is always having a battle between like do I Mm -hmm. like that's not really much Mm -hmm. yeah do I just call 911 so anyway there were people out at the scene excuse me already as it started to unfold or after it unfolded and so i rolled my window down gently and i'm like is everybody okay and lay's like no right so i'm like oh <laughs> uh-huh. so i pull over anyway and like these people were like weak and thready pulses the, there's a baby in the wow. car so i'm like assessing the baby anyway we thought these people were like uh, gonna die we didn't think they were gonna make it so for me to have that experience just weeks prior to me getting into a fender bender i am very mindful right now um and very thankful that I was able to walk away from that um, accident with out of scratch, um, just some some soreness and I mean, very minimal cosmetic damage to my vehicle. So I am very, very thankful. Um, I think that's huge. I'd be remiss not to be, be mindful of that and take that in right now because car accidents, uh, I mean, can definitely have a different outcome. Mm-hmm. So I'm thankful for that. And then also I am um, thankful or mindful That tomorrow, my honey is taking me out of town. So I have had a rough couple of weeks, months, um, Mm -hmm. just in my personal life, my family, just crazy life. Um, He and I both are very, very busy. We didn't have a chance to celebrate Valentine's Day. And so um, he saw that I needed a reset. And he asked. All right, see, yeah. I got that right this time. Uh-huh. Asked. Uh-huh. He, <laughs> he, he mm-hmm. asked if I wanted to just take a day and get away. So we're not, you know, I'm th- even though we're not going anywhere far, or we're not going anywhere from any, you know, going anywhere for an extended period. I am just thankful that he was mindful enough mm-hmm. to know that I needed a reset Don't and to stop for honey. I know. Go so then. see, I, see why I had to have two. I couldn't choose. Yes, true. Yes. So what about you, Tiff
2: all right, my mindful moments are pretty simple this week. Um, it's just been a busy week, but kind of like Tasha, I've just been kind of overwhelmed with like the positive feedback. It's like the the warm and fuzzies, like every day, like oh, someone likes what we did, and so uh, that it does mean a lot, and so grateful for that grateful for surviving school this week and work (laughs) this week Mm -hmm. and um also thankful to you guys for making sure our inbox was not empty
1: so
0: we got an email question we
1: did we did okay
0: So we'll be sure to talk about that email here in just a second. One more thing on the tail end, and I did not discuss this with my co-host prior Uh to now. Okay, Uh here we go. I think it's Uh important to say that um, everyone mentioned our chemistry just about and said that we had a really good mix going on. Um, Before our last recording, Tiffany and Ryan had not met. That was their initial (laughs) meeting. And so, um, Ryan's girls were needing kind of to get settled. So, while they were getting settled, I was with them. Um, Tiffany and Ryan were kind of familiarizing themselves with each other. And if that doesn't speak to chemistry, I really don't know That's what true. does. Mm-hmm. So, we're we're so grateful. We feel like we have lightning in a bottle right now. Aww,
1: can we, just, like, hold yeah. hands and sing
0: cool Kumbaya? Like no, that? I don't want to hold hands because mine's a little sweaty. I might be nervous, but... <laughs> But yeah, so I just wanted to toss that out there. So for everybody (laughs) listening, most of our stuff is not like stage. We just kinda hit record and and let our own selves come through and our creative juices flow. There's not a whole lot of scripting going on. I have some notes. Oh definitely, definitely. And I may or may not have listened to the podcast. A couple of times yeah, um, yeah. Also guilty <laughs> also guilty. Yeah, Probably just, half yeah. of those Half of the, the, <laughs> the plays, plays Out of 200 plays from us. You were 100 I was yeah. 100 also yeah. 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 So yeah So we really appreciate your support again And that'll wrap up our mindful moment We're going to jump right into our topic Which is pretty heavy this week But it's very controvers- controversial And we felt Like we should go ahead and and just get it out of the way. So um, this week. One we're gonna of us t- felt like we should yep. get it out of the way. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're going to talk this week about. 33% of us. <laughs> Come on, that's math. <laughs> Come on. Math. Yeah, we, we got the math going. Yeah, math. yeah don't we, we, we have the some play math. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all right. If we See. can't do nothing else, we can add. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. dosage calculation test will not get the best of us. Oh my gosh, I forgot about dosage mm-hmm. calc nursing mm-hmm. school. Every time you go to apply for forgot. a job, too, it is still part of the interviewing process, which is so ridiculous. Like, give me mm-hmm. the calculator. Okay, the pump's because drip this rate stop. for what? The why though? I usually just push a button. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank okay. you, Alaris Pump. Right. I love you. Thanks. Hashtag... <laughs> Hashtag, hashtag push those
1: buttons that. <laughs> Yes Except for all that beeping They can have all of that beeping
0: With the yes, little baby Turn the volume down Yeah yes. you, can you can have the beep. We can have the beeping Turn yeah. down Yeah So if you want to go ahead And lead us into this week's topic And lead us into prayer too. We might need some I, prayer We may need a prayer
2: So um <laughs>
1: Elder
2: Elder could take us to prayer. Elder <laughs> you know. Elder Tusha Could take <laughs> us to church One time <laughs> But I'll lead us. Here we go. Jesus. Yes. Uh, mm, thank you. Mm, thank you, Father, you know for what? blessing mm-hmm. us today mm-hmm. for this
0: topic that Tasha has placed before that, us. The, that, she who may not you be guys, named. That was an accident. I promise i we had talked about a topic prior to the recording agreed we agreed about a topic and for whatever reason yeah definitely a little i don't know it just my mind wasn't working and this is what pops (laughs) out of my mouth so here we are and it's gonna be all good it's gonna be all good it's gonna be fine so back to that prayer jesus just look out for us
1: amen amen Look out! Look out, Jesus! I like that. So you gotta keep it real when you go to the Father. Tell him. Mm-hmm. Gotta them what keep you it real. Want. Tell him what you want. <laughs> All
2: right. So from our inbox, we have a question this week. Um, so the question says, um, "Person is just wanting to know how we feel about younger women being placed on birth control shortly after." Starting their periods. So we're,
1: when you say younger women, we're specifically talking about, like, teenage. Right. Like, right girls, when we're starting really. here. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. Um, so this
2: particular email is just wanting to know, um, since we're nurses and you two deliver babies, <laughs> I do not, <laughs> what we think about
0: that. Okay. I mean, I feel like that, of course, is between the parent and the child and everybody's choice is probably going to be very different or very based on who that child is. Um, I don't have children so I can't speak from experience other than my own teenage life and it wasn't an open topic in my household. Um, I grew up very strict, sanctified, religious, whatever you want to call it and so it was an expectation that I was not sexually active. Um, So definitely talking to my mom or anybody else who was like close to me in a church or whatever was a no go. It was like a no fly zone. Um, So, yeah, I, I think that that has to be a conversation that's maintained between the parent and child. And honestly, when I have kids, if my daughter or son, because I don't think this is just a female thing comes to me and says, hey, I'm about to be sexually active. I'm going to give them proper information. And that doesn't include just birth control Mm -hmm. Um, because birth control (laughs) takes care of an, an unwanted pregnancy or unplanned pregnancy. It doesn't take care of STDs and things of that nature. So if the door is open, then you have to be, as the parent, responsible and courageous enough to actually be able to tackle that with your kid. So I will say that as a parent, I think parents don't have a
1: choice to have that door open. I think it is the responsibility of the parent to make sure that door stays open for um, appropriate and necessary communication from your child. I will also say that from a, a medical standpoint birth control does have some off-label use. Mm -hmm. And so just because somebody is a teenage girl or even a woman is on birth control, it doesn't mean necessarily that she's on birth control to prevent pregnancy. I know Mm -hmm. many women who are on birth control because it um, lessens their symptoms from other things like... um, heavy periods, um, heavy or, periods like, or endometriosis acne. or irregular periods yeah. acne yeah there's so many different off label and off by off label it means like um, the medicine wasn't intended for that purpose when it was created but if there's a side effect and it's, there can be positive side effects like reducing a heavy period or cramping those types of things so just because a a child a little girl a teenager a woman whomever is on birth control it does not necessarily mean that they have a a parent consenting to them being sexually active and so I think it's very we have to be very careful about making those types of assumptions because they Mm -hmm. could be on the birth control for an off-label use so
0: good response
1: of course non-parent would never have
0: thought of that I know I didn't um yeah
2: so I'm not a parent either so um my thought though would be more so for like the autonomy of the patient um sometimes people totally forget what that individual patient or child wants or what they're actually doing a lot of times there's a a disconnect kind of like what Tasha was speaking to about if the child is actually even telling their parent what's Mm -hmm. actually going on. And so sometimes that leads to just them not getting the best care because nobody knows that that's happening or that they're sexually active or that they want to be or that they already are, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Also just with starting someone on birth control that young, I would make sure that they were aware of just, the side effects of being on birth control and that kind of what you true. can and can't do on birth control. Mm-hmm. So many times people are, they didn't know an antibiotic mm-hmm. cancels out yes. pretty much the effects of birth control. Then they're like, I got pregnant but I've been taking my birth control and mm-hmm. it's like, eh, but it's not effective anymore. That's true. Or the big risk that I've seen um, is smoking with birth control. Um, that can be deadly and it's important. As a lot of at that age, a lot of people are experimenting with Whatever. cigarettes, mm-hmm. weed, hookah, all of these types of things, mm-hmm. and so they need to know that that can risk. It increases the risk mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for clots and all types of coagulative mm-hmm.
1: or what does bleeding that mean? What does that mean? bleeding
2: disorders. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: Big word. I
1: said, I see you. I said, I see Mm -hmm. you right there. just rolled off so clean. Uh Coagulative. It sounded kind of sexy, like coagulative. (laughs) (laughs) Say it
0: again. Say it again. That (laughs) is a different type of podcast.
1: (laughs) But
2: we want to thank you for that email. I thought it was a great question. I thought thought it was a really good question.
1: Mm -hmm. So. Send, us, a, more. Yeah, send us more. Yeah, please. We liked like looking at our
0: inbox and like,
1: ooh, we got one. I, I don't know. Can't. We actually got a couple.
0: So yeah, but we're very excited. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So um we're gonna go ahead and get started talking about Planned Parenthood. Do you guys have any personal experiences with Planned Parenthood? Okay, Tip shaking her head. I, I'm no. Sorry, you can't see that now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I actually have a couple experiences in my early adulthood. Because I was broke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, I knew that I needed a pap smear to take care of my down there. (laughs) Okay.
2: That'll be another episode
1: as well. Mm. (laughs) No, later in this
0: one. Yeah. So
1: um, I knew I needed a pap smear. I was broke. And somebody, actually a friend, referred me to Planned Parenthood. um, And she told me that they have like a sliding scale. They go off of your income. Yeah. And so I was like, well, that's what's happening Let me go there and have somebody swab my cervix mm-hmm. and see what my cells are looking like. And so I did. I went and they did that. And I got all taken care of um, while I was there. The nurse practitioner um, who took care of me recommended that I got, get an STD check. And of course I did. Since you're already down there, mm-hmm. might as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so... I I've, I've went back a couple more times um, just to, you know, take care of my my vagina. And so, but that's the only experience that I have with Planned Parenthood.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of have a similar experience. I actually went to Planned Parenthood for the first time when I was in high school. Okay. And I was having issues with hair bumps on my vagina. And I didn't know if that was normal or not. And I don't even know why I didn't use, like, my mom's insurance. At the time, I don't know if I was trying to not let her know that Mm -hmm. I was concerned about that or I have no idea why I didn't feel like I could go to her and speak to her about it but at any rate I went I remember being 16 and going to Planned Parenthood and asking there was a nurse practitioner about like is this normal what's going on and this and that um and so part of me was really grateful that I had the opportunity to do that. But some a few things sticks out now. Like, I didn't need my mom's permission to go. And I think my visit was like five bucks. Mm-hmm. At the time, they did a PAP. Um, they did, I don't know if they did STD testing because I wasn't sexually active. And they did like an iron test or something like that, which was a bedside check. So I used Planned Parenthood then, and then I used Planned Parenthood when I was in college because, like Ryan said, it was like five bucks to go and get a pap smear, and that was just something kind of that I knew that I needed to get a pap smear every year, Mm -hmm. and I thought I should go, but I didn't have a primary care physician when I was in college, and it was just easier for me to go to Planned Parenthood. I knew where it was, I had already been before, so I was familiar with how had gone so I've definitely used Planned Parenthood services before and a lot of people aren't aware of what services they offer it seems like recently it's been a huge of course political debate about abortion and they're the largest like provider of that service quote-unquote within our society so I'm just going to name off a couple of the services that they offer so we can be clear they offer adoption support abortion annual checkups Um, birth control, abnormal pap follow-up, so if they do if patients come in, have a pap smear and they have an abnormal, they can't give you referrals if that's what you need contraceptive, contraception excuse me, and emergency contraception STI screening they offer the human papillomavirus vaccine or the HPV vaccine Mm -hmm. LGBT care male services are also provided like testicular cancer screens or prostate exams menopause services breast exams pregnancy testing they do sexual assault exams and also transgender support so they have a whole gamut mm-hmm. of things that they offer i didn't know they did sexual assault screening mm-hmm. i <laughs> didn't know that either a lot mm-hmm, of these yeah. i was like what really when looking up what they do actually offer like the menopause thing i knew that they saw men right so that was just really interesting to me um, so they have a whole list of things that they offer. But like I said, of course, the abortion thing is kind of what sticks out mm-hmm. um, as far as why it's such a faux pas or it has such a negative kind of connotation to it.
1: Do you feel like the community feels that way? Like, I think <clears throat> people who may follow politics may feel that way or people who are in the healthcare fields field may feel that way and understand that. But do you think the average young adult thinks that when they think about Planned Parenthood do they think abortion or do they think reproductive health do you think I think they think affordable like Mm. as a young
2: person Mm -hmm. and if you're trying to do something and you don't want your parents to help or don't want them to know you're like what can I do to figure out what's going on Mm -hmm. really quick and really cheap Mm -hmm. so I mean that's what comes to mind when I think as a young person, why you would go there. Um, I think more to what you're saying about like society, I think that like speaks to the history Of how Planned Parenthood's been started kind of what's been said about them in the media that all kind of circles back around and kind of gives them sometimes this very negative overtone of their whole organization Mm -hmm. even though they do provide helpful things it's kind of like that suspicion like why are you doing that and why is it over here in this community so Mm -hmm. there's always that too Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. like a dark cloud Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think yeah. to the benefit of millennials, though, to answer your question, Ryan, they, which when I say millennials, I say probably, I don't know, 18 to maybe 25, 30, something like that. They have a different perspective about what they've heard. And I think a lot of them are like, whatever, I'm going to go find out for myself before they kind of take the media's word for it. I don't think they go for a lot of the, the narratives that we know are pushed anymore. They... They kind of are, like, resistant and out of the box more so than when I was growing up. It was Planned Parenthood does X, Y, Z, and it was either you shied away from it, like, oh, no, I heard that Planned Parenthood does this. Right. Or you were like, okay, and moved forward. So, yeah. Okay. So, we can talk about the history. I think it's important. Definitely. Yeah. Um, For me personally, I didn't know about the history when I was using Planned Parenthood services and it kind of colors my perception on the back end, but I still have to kind of put things in context. So I'm just going to say a few things about the um, the founder of Planned Parenthood. Her name was Margaret Sanger and she founded Planned Parenthood in 1916 and she had very strong Views about eugenics, which would be like the the scientific way of playing up a greater trait and reproducing based on that, and decreasing what would be considered a lesser trait. And at that time, poor people were considered to be um, genetically inferior. Yes, and they did not see that as a construct of society; they saw it as a genetic. Um, mutation, if you will. That's not her wording. That's mine. Um, just a little bit of her personal history. A lot of people don't know. She came from a large family and she felt like large families pretty much was the, the cause of poverty within our society. And she did not think that if you didn't have the resources to take care of a large family, that you should be forced into that lifestyle. Um, also, her mother died. Um, And she believes that it was because of her childbirth experiences. She was one of 11 and she Mm -hmm. actually yelled like at her dad, at her mom's funeral, that he had killed her, that he was responsible for Mm -hmm. her death. So she had a lot of personal internal struggles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She had a lot of personal stuff going on. Also, she called her own birth story agonizing and mental torture more than 25 years later. So she still had issues right. with that. Um, and she was like pro-population control and birth among, or I'm sorry, anti-population control and birth like control among the unfit, quote unquote, or feeble minded is what they kind of deemed people as during that time. So Planned Parenthood was founded with those sorts of uh, Policies Or that premise Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. if you're poor, then you don't need to have a baby or you should have a choice. And at that time, black people were at the bottom. That's what I said. Let's be all the way real. (laughs) At that time, black people were at the bottom. So it's really controversial. The things that she said about black people. There's a quote that she said, colored people are like the weeds of society and should be exterminated. Um, And she was very pro for sterilization. Like there's a woman alive today, right now in North Carolina, who was sterilized against her will and her mom. Against her knowledge. Against her knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Against her knowledge. And her mom signed for it against her will. Her mother was receiving some government assistance. And they basically said to her, OK, if you don't get your child sterilized, then you're going to lose your government assistance. So these are just ways that Planned Parenthood has kind of been um, shown to to have a different agenda as far as controlling the population or this and that. And they can't escape this that history that right. they have. Like, that's just
2: that's there. Mm-hmm. As unfortunate as it is that that's a part of their branding yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. um because even if you speak to like the positives of like what they're doing today and things like that but it's still it still makes you in the back of your mind be like but why are you doing that like are the people that you're reaching out to today are those the new quote Mm -hmm. feeble minds in Mm -hmm. your mind like are these the people that now you want to try to minimize or exterminate or mm-hmm. you know things like that so
1: i also found it interesting <clears throat> in the history just in terms of abortion i found it to be a very um interesting fact that prior to the legalization of abortion white women were having far more abortions than black mm-hmm. women were mm-hmm. and it wasn't until that abortion legalized all of a sudden there was this transverse relationship. Now black women were starting to have more abortions after it became legal, and white women were no longer having as Hmm. many abortions. And so that's interesting. Well, I mean, there could be many reasons why. Um, I think that in in the... So abortion was legalized in the 70s. Is that correct? And so it could be that... (laughs) Life is already hard for black people, so Mm -hmm. um, black women probably weren't trying to do anything illegal. Mm -hmm. So if they got pregnant, they probably just, you know, put the big girl panties on and had a baby, even if it was an unplanned pregnancy. And I think once it became a legal thing to do, something they could do without the fear of dying on the street (laughs) or being arrested for doing something illegal. Uh, i think that they probably just felt like it was okay now what i do not have an opinion about is why then the the the, the sudden decline of white women having abortions i i'm not, that baffles me mm-hmm. that is an
0: interesting yeah about notification yeah. of the time i wonder if it mm-hmm. was something like a you know that negative stigma like oh yeah. we don't want to be associated
1: with this anymore right. like it's, right they're doing it right
0: that would be interesting, to yeah, I'm not find sure. that I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, um, Planned Parenthood definitely has a very colorful history. And despite all the positives that they're doing, like Tiff said, it's kind of hard to wipe that completely out of your mind and know that this place was kind of set up for your demise. Um, for me, I see what they're doing. I can appreciate what they're doing now. But a big part of me says until they have done as much good for as long as they did wrong and bad, it would be very hard for me to think that that agenda is completely gone. Mm-hmm. It's woven into the fabric of who they are and how they were So would you founded. then um, avoid referring uh
1: low-income family to use Planned Parenthood services because of how strongly you feel about their maybe hidden agenda or how you feel like they need to do a lot more repairing um, because they've done so much damage to the Black community? Would you avoid referring, you know, a family to to use their service, a family, obviously low-income, because like Tip said, I think a lot of people consider them affordable, And they are one of the most affordable Mm -hmm. reproductive care places, you know, around in every Mm -hmm. single state. So how would you go about that?
2: I think it's definitely tricky, but um, it would depend on the situation. A lot of times it's better for someone to get those preventative treatments than to not get them at all. So if I had like a a young mother or a young woman or male that needed to get those screenings for STDs, to get the pap's, things like that, and that's all that they could afford then yes, I would send them there because it's better for them to find out early that they have HPV to prevent them from dying from cervical cancer than mm-hmm. from them not knowing and having some type of, you know, terrible death. Um, But it definitely would be an internal conflict. I mean, there's many things within nursing where you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't, but you have to kind of do what's best for the patient. Mm -hmm. And so that's what would make it tough for me. But if that's what they needed and that's all that I could do for them, then yes, Mm -hmm. I would Mm -hmm. offer that option to them.
0: For me, I don't feel like I would promote or not promote Planned Parenthood, I've kind of learned through the course of my career, it is my job as a nurse, someone who's at the bedside and someone who is well-respected in the community that my word carries a lot of weight. And so for me, I am there to provide you with the information that you need that's gonna make the best decision for you, not what I would do. And so it's very easy for me to separate what I would do with Tasha's body over what someone else should do so you'll never really find me discouraging someone from mm-hmm. doing what fits in their life like breastfeeding you know our hospital is pro breastfeeding well I don't live that lady's life you know I don't know if she'll be able to go back to work and have a pumping station or a room that's clean or I don't know if she'll be able to have a pump that is provided by her insurance anymore because there's a lot of changes in health care and insurance So I can't promote that or play that down because what if she's in a situation where she can't and then she's going to be walking away with that guilt or regret. And that's not my position as a nurse. I don't think to kind of lay that on her. But for me, I would give the knowledge. Facts are facts. And once you lay out the facts, okay, this is these are your options. This is what's going on. After that, I'm out of it. Mm -hmm. I'm a professional. I I don't have any stock in what that decision is going to be. And so I just can subtract myself from the equation.
1: What about you? But also as a nurse, because you are a nurse, um, especially when dealing with at-risk populations, which I would presume since we're talking about affordability, All low-income populations are at-risk populations they value your opinion as a nurse and so I think it's very different between um, laying out the facts and encouraging wellness and so um, the same way we would discourage a mom Mm -hmm. from shooting heroin while she was pregnant Mm -hmm. we wouldn't just lay out the facts for her we would say look yo you can't do that. That's not the best thing for you or the baby. We wouldn't just say, "Well, if you keep shooting heroin, you might have a low birth weight baby." No, we're gonna we're gonna lay out those facts too, but we're gonna tell her at the end of the day, "Stop, stop." Right. right. <laughs> and so I think when you're dealing with at risk populations, your the level of care that you provide has to be different from you dealing with you know, uh, higher income populations. Um, I just do. I think that they, you You talked about how your reputation is valued in the community and what you, you, you people hold stock in what you say. Um, I think that as nurses, we should um, take hold to that. And so to bring it back around to Planned Parenthood, for me, um, after really learning the history and really learning um, how many, you um, inequitable abortions disproportionate abortions that happen within um, Planned Parenthood I can, like Tiffany, cannot say that I would discourage a family from seeking healthcare, you know treatment or um, screenings, but i I would take it upon myself to find an alternative within the community. Mm -hmm. So I think that within our community, we are very blessed to have community health centers that also provide sliding scale, sliding scale care and financial assistance where low income families can still receive high quality care. um, That may just be a little bit less biased in terms of the color of your skin. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think that's the direction that I might go. I think I might utilize my, utilize the fact that I'm a nurse and then also community
0: resources because Mm -hmm. we
1: have all kinds of things at our fingertips that many people in the community don't realize that they have access to.
0: Absolutely. And that's good. I mean, when I say lay out the information, that definitely falls under that umbrella. You can go here, 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 here. Mm -hmm. And in terms of any kind of healthcare I'm always going to be on the preventative side, like go before something happens, not after, because it's going to cost you more in time, money, uh, pain, whatever. But that includes to me laying out all of their options. Mm -hmm. And I can't not be like, okay, you can go to Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. Just like talking within my own hospital community, if I'm there with a patient, I give them a whole list of all of our clinics because I don't know their struggle. I don't know what it actually, I do know what it feels like to have to catch the bus and then get an exchange. And then you have to be somewhere by a certain time, but it takes you an hour or two to get there because you don't have a car. Like that amenity is not afforded to everybody. And so I can't Be like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You should do this because I don't know what their circumstances are. And so that's going to include all of their options Mm -hmm. because we do have the beauty of that in this country Mm -hmm. that there's plenty of options. It's not just one. So there's like a couple of myths or Mm -hmm. things that people say about Planned Parenthood that I'm kind of like, uh And I was doing a little bit of research. I was doing a little bit of research in preparation for this podcast. And a lot of people said, oh, you know, Planned Parenthood is um, located in more black neighborhoods, yada, yada. But the nitty gritty of that fact, like to kind of put it in context, 60 percent of abortion clinics are located in predominantly white neighborhoods. And personally, I know of two in Indianapolis, one I've used and one I have not One's in a black community or in the hood, and one is not. Mm-hmm. But the the real information I think that people kind of got twisted on that is, primary care facilities are disproportionately available in black communities. So whereas if you're looking at a white neighborhood and Planned Parenthood and primary care facilities are one to one, that's not the case in a black neighborhood, and that's where that that so restate the that I don't
1: know if restate that fact.
0: If you're looking for primary care, so like just to go to the doctor and get a regular checkup, more often you're going to have to go outside of your community if you are a black or brown person. If you live in a black or brown community, predominantly black Mm -hmm. or brown community. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. But if you're looking for Planned Parenthood services, primarily you'll be able to find that service within your neighborhood if you live in a predominantly black or brown neighborhood. But you wouldn't be able to get, like, primary care services right. in your neighborhood. You would have to And go that's elsewhere. nationwide. Right. Correct. Yes. Okay. That came People off their is, website. And that just speaks to a
2: bigger problem in yeah, general. That's all, right. Yes. That's a social... That's a huge yeah. thing.
0: That's a social problem, a social construct problem, you know. Yeah. That mm-hmm. definitely... Structural racism problem. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. um, i think to kind of wrap this up i was reading an article that was in i want to say ebony magazine this was for, from a couple years ago and this lady quoted at the end of her article when she talked about the the myths the pros the cons to planned parenthood and this statement kind of stuck with me it says but at the end of the day who do i stand with i stand with black women and black women who use planned parenthood services I don't want to return to a world where women die from unsafe abortions and have even fewer healthcare options than they already do. Nor do I want to live in a world where we expect black women to build health care organizations in the blink of an eye to save themselves when they have an average wealth of $100. Because Margaret Sanger is dead, and I want black women to live. And that's kind of how I feel, like okay we get the history of it we get where it is now and it is what it is so
1: okay so (laughs) you said you were wrapping it up but I I, (laughs) okay so I feel like with Planned Parenthood there are most people are on um, opposite ends of the spectrum so you've Mm -hmm. got people who are like yes Planned Parenthood, it's amazing. Go there for your health care. And then we have people on this end that are saying, Planned Parenthood killed more mm-hmm. black babies than help diabetes and health, <laughs> heart disease and HIV and everything combined. Like, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, they murder the community. So, I just think that somewhere along the line, so... <laughs> Where did this message go, about the history of Planned Parenthood? Like when we were adolescents, where? How was this message? Like it's like it was, oh yeah, vanished off the face of the earth. Like mm-hmm. I never, like you said, you didn't hear that history Mm-mm. when you utilized their services, nor mm-hmm. did I. And so it's just very strange to me that all of a sudden there's like this rebirth of, you know, people fighting against black people using Planned Parenthood services and I just
0: it's a little bit
1: unsettling for me to hear obviously honestly both ends of the spectrum because I am um you know as as a a Christian reluctantly pro-choice Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm a woman first Mm -hmm. and I don't think anybody should tell me what I can do with my uterus and I don't think anybody should tell you guys what you should do with your uteruses uteri, is that right? uteri? sure Sure. correct? we'll we'll roll (laughs) uteri, uteri uteri (laughs) hashtag uteri (laughs) Uteri. that might be a word fix (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) Um, but so that's, you know, I'm reluctantly pro choice because I was raised to feel like, you know, for, abortion was just always wrong. Like, you just don't do it when I was coming up. And so, but as I grew again to be a woman and realize I'm a woman first, I am reluctantly pro choice. So, both ends of that spectrum don't fit make me a little uneasy. And mm-hmm. I just wish that is one of my issues with, um, consciousness and just being aware of what's going on it's like messages like ebb and flow Mm -hmm. you depending on what time period you are in the -hmm. message can be either on blast in your face Mm -hmm. all over the place can't get away from it or hidden it's nowhere to be found Mm -hmm. and that just makes me really uneasy considering I have daughters and one day they're going to be broke college students. <laughs> and they're going to need to get the hoo-ha checked. And Planned Parenthood is a viable option for that. Like you said, because I use it in college. And so it just, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope, yeah. kind of. Lots of gray. I feel like no matter, you know, especially when you find yourself in the middle of that spectrum. When you're not on either end, you know, an extreme,
0: you know, having an extreme um, opinion about it. It's just kind of a slippery slope. But we live in a world of extremes and that's where people get lost is in the middle. Because I'm not going to be protesting a Planned Parenthood, <laughs> you know, abortion clinic You're or vice buy versa. More. not going to bomb one? I'm not interested okay. in doing that <laughs> because I believe in my own right to make my own decision. I, too, am pro-choice because... I think that the polarizing part of Planned Parenthood, which is abortion, is um, unfairly ballooned, especially as it comes to the legislation, because when people hear abortion, they think unplanned, unwanted pregnancy, whereas it's a blanket statement or a blanket kind of law that also covers women who are pregnant with fetuses that are not viable with not compatible with life they can't survive if they were to right go to they term. could not survive mm-hmm. if they were born or they would die in utero before Correct. they reach term and those Moms sorts of raped exactly mm-hmm. those sorts of arguments and perspectives are never covered when you're talking about the larger Uh, media coverage or whatever and that's the part that bothers me that's what makes me Mm pro-choice because God forbid I ever have to be faced with that decision I'm not sure that I would want to carry a baby to term that I knew would die Mm -hmm. or that I knew would spend its life in the hospital Mm -hmm. getting poked prodded in pain on a ventilator, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that would disrupt possibly the flow of my family, Mm -hmm. where I've had strangers touch my belly in anticipation of a birth that I knew was not going to be the result that I had hoped for. And so when we talk about abortion, it also covers those women and gives them the opportunity to make that decision for themselves. And I was talking to tip about it and I felt like it's the pain is what the patient says it is and we can be very clear about if a patient presents a hundred times and 99 of those patients are drug seekers what we're taught is that you give them the pain medicine because it could be that one patient who's really in pain mm-hmm. and you wouldn't deny them pain meds based on the last 99 drug seekers that you saw gray lots of gray oh, yeah. Lots tons of gray. and tons of
2: gray mm-hmm. and
0: I feel like our society's
2: at a place where we've stopped no one seems to look at like the other side of things so for me I'm pro-choice because I feel like those women don't deserve to be criminalized oh, for making a decision that they think is either best for themselves or best for their family or it's just best for them at that time. Um, I feel like a lot of times we just take away the options that people have, and we want them to fit in exactly what we think is right for them to do based on our beliefs, and that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And um, as nurses and just as people in general, I think that we need to learn to be more tolerant or of empathetic. others. Yeah, and just mm-hmm. think about if that was you in that person's shoes. Like Tasha was saying, if you had a baby that you know isn't gonna survive or even if you yourself if this pregnancy Mm -hmm. could potentially kill you that's a tough decision to make and Mm -hmm. I don't think it's fair to judge people if they make a pro-choice decision right Mm -hmm. and people we've got to stop doing that
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it makes people feel bad Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I can I can say like firsthand I don't think any of those decisions are ever reached with no amount of you know repercussion or whatever and that that decision is always going to come back at some point in your life many times when you don't expect it I've seen patients who have had elective abortions and then they come in and they're having a spontaneous abortion or miscarriage and I've seen them literally go through their mind thinking about well what if my elective abortion then caused this one and it's just not that's not the case So that's that's okay. I'm glad you said that because that brings to my mind
1: when I mentioned the um, transverse relationship with like mm-hmm. the black m- women and white women in terms of having abortions based upon when it became legal it makes me wonder, um, because I know lots of hospitals, you can have an abortion in a hospital. There are lots of physicians mm-hmm. who will do an elective abortion in the hospital. And it makes me wonder if these, you know, white women tend to be better insured. They tend to have better, like you said, they have primary caregivers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They probably have an OBGYN where a lot of times in low-income communities, they don't have an OBGYN. They have to choose one once they become pregnant. They don't have Mm-hmm. They don't go for regular pap smears or just get primary care, which a pap smear would be primary care. Um, so it just makes me wonder if white women are not having less frequent abortions. Maybe they're just um, being coded differently
0: mm-hmm. absolutely, for insurance purposes, yes. you know. And we know that's not anything new, code words mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. buzz terms. Yeah, Yeah. So then the numbers may be skewed to make it seem like... Black, black women. maybe more black women get abortions Correct. in Planned Parenthood in Planned as opposed Parenthood. to mm-hmm. yeah. exactly absolutely I can see that happen but we you know again that's not anything new in our society there's always code words buzz words that we as black women especially or black people recognize over the ruling majority Correct. so you know we're watching the news and there's a news story that comes on. And you like okay, this person's black. You just know. You just know, <laughs> because, you know? Of the <laughs> because of the way they because of the way they said yes. it, or you know, if you're want to talk about like the Dylan Roof thing, where they talked about him having mental health issues. But let it be anybody else, and they're not considering that. So you just kind of we. That's the the world that we live in and exist in every day, and mm-hmm. just kind of deal with. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Any final thoughts? I think that's we covered I a lot. I did have
2: it. one thought. Okay. Um what do you th- guys think about just planned parenthood and how our younger generation has become so sexualized? Mm. Um I know this opens a huge can of worms, but I was thinking about this kind of today there's so much stimulus mm-hmm. sexually like even as an adult like it's like you look at a Everybody horny. hamburger Everybody. commercial and they're just like <laughs> slobbering all over the hamburger this is so true. and She's the got ketchup's like, down their it. shirt mm-hmm. and it's like it's a hamburger like is mm-hmm. this a Trojan commercial or Hardee's I both. don't know it's
1: both. you gotta <laughs> stop so, this, the convenience store before you, it's one right you go to the Hardy's. other yeah. mm-hmm. so
2: do you guys think that as a society we have kind of created this Place where we need like more of this particular type of care for patients because it's like super increased because i know like stds they're becoming mutant
0: now oh, like, like they can't even get some of them anymore with mm-hmm, antibiotics yeah. which is scary to scary. me because mm-hmm and then there's yeah. outbreaks i mean i want to say in atlanta the hiv rate is crazy it might be like one in four yeah so one of my friends lives in atlanta
1: and she just posted they have like billboards because they're like starting to mm-hmm. be concerned about it atlanta is like thirty one thousand people Ooh. just in the city of atlanta there was a downtown sign or something so yeah lots of people yeah who are but- hiv positive in, in atlanta
0: Again, that's a social construct to me, and we've kind of created... Or a social destruct. Oh, definitely that. We've kind of created this lane, but then didn't provide a safety net. Well, I, I think that for me, to answer your question, um, in terms of Planned
1: Parenthood, build more <laughs> for, for, for that preventative care, for that treatment, because... I mean, I you know plan to go into this a little bit later, but left untreated, like you said, HPV left untreated can be cervical cancer. So you're talking Which about a whole another mm-hmm. yeah, and process. it's a hundred percent just because of that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I mean, I agree with you um, that not only is this new generation not only are they um, hypersexualized, but they're also very risky. In their mm-hmm. behavior. They are also very, very risky. And so, again, that increases their their likelihood of obtaining an STI or, you know what I'm saying? And it's just a word unplanned pregnancy because they're being risky. Very Damn. risky. I mean, I haven't always been careful, 100%. Oh, I have not always been careful. I not. have been blessed. God's grace. That I am not mm-hmm. in that number. But mm-hmm. um, these... These this new generation is I mean they are fearless Superman mentality on ten mm-hmm. yeah yeah they are it's different totally different
0: yeah I think a lot of it too comes from their their that resist we're gonna make our own way we don't care what you said about us we're gonna do what we want to do mm-hmm. so yeah I think there's lots more conversations that need to be had mm-hmm. about oh, yeah about community health. and Mm -hmm. tackling it as a community problem as opposed to what would be so polarizing the choice to have an abortion or not black neighborhood, white it's a community problem like they talk about certain things are bipartisan problems in politics Correct. like this is everybody's issue and not just one correct, Mm -hmm. I agree, I do agree with that Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. yeah, I mean because it would
0: definitely take more
2: than just one group of people to say hey this is a this is a hey it's Mm -hmm. an issue over here like it's an Mm -hmm. issue with us like it's an issue across Mm -hmm. the board like the teenage population is essentially self-destructing on things that are totally preventable Mm -hmm. which is scary because they're supposed to you know take care of us or, mm, yeah, when we get when older, we get older. This is true. and we got to make yeah. sure they're around.
1: So yeah. help me with my well, walker. Random, <laughs> random fact: They say that more daughters you have, the less likely you are to end up in a nursing home. So oh, I dear. have three. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay, so that, no, she out there. Oh, so you, you, were <laughs> you three times? Again, <laughs> I'm just saying. I bet not, dear. Lorette. End up in a nursing home. Let me I have that. already told them this fact, and I've already placed. No, no shady pressure that. you, no shady I'd be like, I'll be nice. I'm
0: mm-hmm, going to my no pants. Mm-hmm. I do what you say. Just don't put me Just there. don't put me in nursing home. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So we're not going to leave you on a heavy note. We're going to go into some nurses' notes and give you guys just some health facts because a lot of people were asking about those health tips and things like that so i'm going to speak to um preventative care because i'm huge into that just so we're all clear pep smear recommendations um should begin at age 21 for women especially women who are sexually active if you are exposed to hpv of course your risk is higher so you want to get those pep smears asap but okay question just for my own understanding Mm -hmm. once uh
1: And any woman is sexually active, she should begin getting. So even if she's not quite 21, but she's sexually active, she should start getting pap smears, correct? Yes.
0: Okay. The screens for cervical cancer have kind of changed up a little bit, and it used to be a yearly Mm -hmm. exam, Mm -hmm. but now it's kind of cut back unless you have an abnormal pap. So. The, the recommendation on the American Cancer Society was 21. So okay. starting at 21, All you right. should get a PAP smear for cervical cancer screening okay. every three, three years if you have a negative. If you don't, then obviously your physician will be able to tell you how often you should have it. Mm-hmm. Um, age 30, you should have either your PAP every three years or you yeah, should have a PAP and HPV screening every five years. We're cringing because we're all. Cause over around I'm sorry, all I'm already up in there. We I'm already talked been about been the old too. head yes, situation. Next year. So, um, big three, all right. So, yeah, um, once you hit 35, though, if you don't have any issues or hadn't had any abnormal paps before, then you're pretty much in the clear. And that's what the research has shown. So, go back to what I need. So, age (laughs) 30, just so I'm
1: making sure I'm taking care of myself. Um, Nurse
0: the nurse. Yeah, please
1: nurse the nurse. So, either a pap smear or an HPV screening, both. You need both.
0: Yes. If you're going to... Every three years. The recommendation, if you're getting a PAP and HPV screening, combined, okay. every five. Oh, really? Yes. If you're only going to get a PAP every three. Oh.
1: Well, okay. I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. We've the back
0: this. there. <laughs> also, you should um, perform a, a self-breast exam. Oof. Every month, I'm gonna be honest. And it's I easy; am so you can just worse. do it in the shower. There, there are so worse. many apps. I mean, that's what they say, but I don't. I use an app to track my period because the timing that you do your mm-hmm. self breast exam yes. is crucial. It matters. Uh-huh. So you should do it after the last day of your period every month. Um, make sure you like it. the down last day of your period after the day after the last day of your period. Okay. Once a month, because right. that tissue starts to change and form and things fibrotic like that. Fibrotic changes. Oh, fibrotic changes. So
1: listen, listen. <laughs> my OPGYN told me that my partner would probably notice a change yes, before I did. Yeah. So and that's been like that's
0: a interesting like, cool. thing. I re- <laughs> You know what? We know somebody's somebody's getting it. Well, that's something that I learned in nursing school. And I promise you, I had the biggest question mark on my face when the instructor was like, You know, it's likely that partners find it before women. I was like, Err and my study buddy was like girl really like and I was just like oh I get it now so yes mm-hmm. um definitely ladies mm-hmm. when you have your man around go ahead and let him do it if you're not interested mm-hmm. in or if you're not very consistent I mean he's touching you him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> educate him it could save your life yes and so on the men's side for our male listeners because we got a lot of feedback from men you should do we did you should also do a testicular screening every month <laughs> so we know y'all touching I'm him anyway sorry, that makes me <laughs> yeah, good we <laughs> know y'all touching them anyway so while while you're playing go ahead and literally while you, you plan, playing go ahead and squeeze your balls And if you find any nodules, lumps, anything like that, you should definitely go see your physician. Um, Prostate screening for men who don't have any risk factors. So that means if you don't have anyone in your family who has prostate cancer or you're not a a man of color, if you're a white man, the prostate screening should begin at age 50. Mm -hmm. And as your risks go up, you should start screening earlier. So men who are 45, black men, you have a, an uncle, your dad, your grandfather, whoever, if they've had prostate cancer, you should go start screening at 45 mm-hmm. and then lower. So at age 40, if you have black, if you're black or you have multiple risk factors. So if you are African-American and you have, say, your father and your brother who has had prostate cancer, you should start your screening at age 40. That can be done through a blood draw, which is the PSA. Um, and then also you can have a digital rectal exam. Usually most men will get the rectal exam, which I know y'all all cringe now, right? <laughs> Bear down. <laughs> but it's very easy these days and yeah. it can save you. And the good thing is prostate cancer is a slow, slow growing cancer. So that if you catch it early enough, a lot of times it's curative.
1: Right. So Tasha, let me ask you when talking about prostate cancer, do you know why being a black male? What is the what is how how is that more risky, in terms of what makes black men more likely to get prostate cancer?
0: Good question. Um, of course, when you start to break down demographics of um, race, male, female, and things like that, well, we, we can't get. Well, no, That's I'm good. not talking in I'm terms of prostate. <laughs> I'm talking just. Um, you can't get it. Statistics. Period. Uh-huh. There's. Never really a firm answer. Okay. And so as it pertains to black men, a lot of data out there shows that they either have late screening, mm-hmm. which is a problem, right? or um, they have lifestyle issues. So we're talking like diet, lack of exercise, if they use drugs or alcohol and things like that, that put them at a higher risk. So is it that black men get prostate cancer?
1: at a faster rate or you know than white men or non-black men or is it that they die at a you know a higher rate because of late
0: diagnosis i didn't read that there were more deaths okay i just read that there were a lot later um diagnoses okay in black men because they were tested later and that could go back to primary care. It's exactly. not not easily. It's a community <laughs> health problem. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's a stigma thing. Yeah. Mm. Cause nobody don't like to go to the doctor. But, when I mean, it's it's shown, they say, you know, men who are married tend to live longer. Why do you think that is? Cause they wife, like, hey, get go and, in there. in a hurry because if you die, I'ma kill you. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Yeah, so they have an urging from someone else who really cares about them to go and invest and take care of their own bodies. But a lot of times you have men who are just out there living, acting fearless, like a millennial, like it can't happen to them. Mm. And then they end up having something that's pretty curative as, you know, as prostate would be, Mm -hmm. prostate cancer would be, and it ends up taking them out.
2: I didn't want to forget for the males um, also – they are at risk for breast cancer as well. Ooh, so, um, so typically with males, um, it's typically in older males over age like fifty-five to wow, sixty. Really? But and their primary symptom is like crusting or nipple discharge. Mm. Um, so it's not obviously not as talked about, but it just has to do with the hormonal changes in an older gentleman. Mm-hmm. So when their testosterone is decreasing, sure. things like that, they can be more at risk for cancer in the breast for them as well. So it's something that's increasing in awareness,
1: but it's also something that males should be aware of, too. And there would also be some stigma attached to that. I would yeah, imagine that would be... as a man, you're mm-hmm. this manly man, mm-hmm. and you have breast cancer or you've got or discharge, you discharge coming yeah. from your yeah. nipple. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's.
2: Yeah. And that just speaks to if you see something strange, go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Period. A lot of people just don't want to talk about strange things that go on in their body, which speaks to a lot of like the STD things. Mm -hmm. There's like embarrassment or things like that. But it's important to tell someone as soon as something happens. Mm hmm. That's your norm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Did you
1: have anything else, Tiffany? for Um, your nursing note? i don't
2: think so um just more so for the um of course people sexually active make sure you get checked get checked often don't just trust people at their word um it can be dangerous for the both of you also just to um also just be supportive of your family and friends if someone comes to you in confidence with some issues that they're having encourage them to see do on facebook yeah don't blast them mm-hmm. don't you know stuff like
1: that just mm-hmm.
2: encourage them to get help and
1: mm-hmm. that's all i have yeah i am gonna piggyback off of that and say um yeah i was gonna talk about wrapping it up so <laughs> wrap it right wrap it tight <laughs> (laughs) Okay, hashtag (laughs) rapid right and rapid tight. So talking about STDs, Tiff, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, there being some antibiotic resistant, drug resistant, new strands of, I know particularly gonorrhea has a new strand Mm -hmm. of gonorrhea that is resistant to um, treatment. And they are hustling and bustling, so they say, to find a remedy for that, to find a cure. And so the last thing you want is to get something you cannot get rid of because hey it's out here and nobody wants a burning penis or a burning vagina okay nobody wants that that's not what's popping you don't want to be that guy you don't want to be that guy who you know burning out here burning everybody so listen if you if you are not in the monogamous relationship, you out here. Hashtag, out you here. out here. Mm-hmm. That's your choice. Wrap it right you and wrap it right. tight. Okay, you don't want to be out here in everything, getting everything, nor do you want to be giving everything. The gift that keeps, on, gift giving. That keeps yeah. on giving. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, what? they have people who do that for their, their living, they, they track STDs. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be on that list. You don't want to be on that map. You don't want that phone call. You don't want that phone call like, hey, this is the clinic and I might have an inkling that you might have drug resistant gonorrhea. You don't want that phone call. Don't be that person. Okay. So wrap it right and wrap it tight. Okay. The next thing I want to talk about is ladies. Okay. It is not the man's job to provide the condom. Alright, you're grown. You're having sex. You need to stop at CVS or the neighborhood convenience store. Get you a pack of Trojans, three pack. You can get three in one box. In the hood sometimes, you can just buy one. You can get a Lucy. You can, <laughs> <laughs> you can just get one. What? So you bring you bring your toys to the play date. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you protect yourself because a man might say I don't have a condom. There you are, laying on the bed, ready to go. What you gonna do?
0: Pack your bags.
1: You, please pack your bags. Mm-hmm. Please. Please don't let that ride. Okay. You don't want that resistance. You don't want the resistance strain. You know, <laughs> you syphilis is re- back. I saw a billboard. Syphilis is back, and we all know the ramifications mm-hmm. of untreated STDs. You're talking about lifelong problems, not just some cutesy. You're not gonna Fertility. just burn mm-hmm. yeah. if you don't have your STDs or STIs unchecked. You can have lifelong ramifications of, of, of you know being untreated or having something that can not be treated and so I beg you to take yourself to the clinic get checked stay checked to those of us who are in monogamous relationships the last time I got a pap smear right I'm all wide open for my OBGYN <laughs> what, a and says, what a visual she said what a visual visual right there yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> she was like you want me to check for STDs while I'm down here Please, and I was son, like, well, I mean, I don't think so. I'm I'm in a monogamous relationship. I've only slept with the same guy for several years. I don't think I need one. She said, baby, listen,
0: I'm married. <laughs> Here's a mama moment. And mm-hmm.
1: I get an HIV test and an STD check every single year because you don't know you might be in a monogamous mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. but you don't know what your partner is doing. And again, the very last thing you want is for something to go unknown and untreated and cause lifelong damage. And so I would be remiss if I did not say we all, everybody needs to make sure that our vaginas and our penises are intact.
0: Which takes us right into language <laughs> laceration.
1: Language lacerations. Language like. lack. <laughs> Can we define laceration for the non-medical people? What is a laceration? What do you want? Like a technical Come on, program? I see you. you. You know, that's your thing.
0: This would be Bones like an open stuff. like an open cut. Wide open tears. It's, some it's and yeah. some of y'all are bleeding out. Okay. Oh. We're gonna get this laceration sewn right on up. Please fix it, Jesus. So for this week, the language laceration and what y'all be hammering out there are the female and male reproductive organ parts. Okay? It is not called a pocketbook, no, you're no, it's not called down there. Mm-mm. No, down there, Ex- please, let's,
1: please, down there. Let's what, explain down there. Josh. There's a Gosh. lot down there, uh, yeah. The, <laughs> like, what?
0: Down where, ma'am? Why'd you come to the hospital tonight? Uh, I'm itching. Okay, where are you itching? down there it hurts down there and don't point it, oh, point. The, it, it you can't it see the is point, accompanied by the a point but <laughs> it's down there. always accompanied yeah. by a point it, you have a whole fetus inside yeah. of you and you can't even say vagina
1: and i'm I, i'm going to further that and say when you i mean you know Words like coochie and pussy, <laughs> kitty, kitty, cat, cat, those mm-hmm. are nice words for you to use when you're in your bedroom <laughs> with your partner. But when you are talking to a medical professional, I would prefer if you did not tell me that my coochie. pussy is leaking. I don't, I don't really. I don't want to know that about you. I don't want to see it, you that way. That definitely makes us cringe yeah. over saying
0: my vagina.
1: Vagina. The yeah. word is vagina people. And this I'm gonna even say it the importance of teaching your children yeah. yes. proper terminology. What about penises? What do we call them penises
0: out here? My dingling. <laughs> My no, oh, okay. that, that was one of my is that a personal, personal songs. Is that a song? Yes, from The Simpsons. No, I didn't uh, watch yes. my mama
1: did not let me watch the Simpsons. Well, my up, mama so. did, okay. So, yeah.
0: yes. <laughs> yes. penis, so, junk, pickle. Oh, goodness, my thing, my thing, <laughs> his
1: thing. No.
2: Just use just use the words. It's a penis. Use the right words.
1: And it's okay to teach your children penis and vagina. <sighs> I think. Can, yeah, can we use penis in a sentence, Tasha? Can we? Do you think you can put that in a sentence for us? Yes. Keep it G. Keep it ready, I, G.
0: I will. Okay. Oh, you're having a boy? Would you like his penis circumcised? Mmm. That's a yeah, good topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Slow clap. Okay.
1: What about vagina, tip? You got it? Hmm. Well, ma'am, I see that
2: you have some abnormal drainage from your vagina.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. And so I hope we're all so good. We're gonna do a, so we're going to do an STI check <laughs> because that's oh, not okay. We will be helping you with that. We help. will. We will get you all the way together today. Send you out of here with that brown paper bag. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, with a little script.
0: (laughs) Because that's what's in it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's you don't even have to sense. go to the pharmacy. A lot of our a community facilities, you know, they're going to give you the script before you walk out the door. Or they can treat
0: you right there. They'll be like, a hey, shot. we think you have X, Y, Z. Let's go ahead before the test even come back. Bend it over. yeah. Because this ain't going to kill you if you ain't got that. <laughs> but you got something. So let's go ahead and fix that right now. Mm-hmm. Catch up. Yeah. It doesn't Catch even on. go in your yeah. vagina. But it's going to fix your vagina. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, can we talk about next week's topic? Okay. Oh, okay. What? Head them with it. Go uh. ahead. What? Let him know. <laughs> <laughs> Our next shift. We're gonna talk about hospital etiquette mm. and what you not gonna do. What you won't do. Yeah. What you won't do. So be sure to catch us next week on Conscious Sedation where we talk about what you won't do when you come to the hospital. Please we do not do. have time. Please okay. don't do it. Mm-hmm. You're not being helpful. Mm-hmm.
2: Get away from the nurse's desk. Oh mm-hmm. my
0: goodness. That's okay. just... Okay, all right. Let's not do that. Listen, not... we've already... Okay. All right. Get in with the social today. media, Tash. Go right. ahead. You know, you know catch it. Catch us on social media. <laughs> Our Facebook page is Conscious Sedation. Um, like, subscribe, follow, share. Share. share is caring that's on facebook um instagram we're conscious underscore sedation on twitter at get sedated 705 and then our email is get sedated 705 at gmail.com email us with your questions any language lacerations you know about send it on any topics that you think would be interesting yeah let us know we want to hear it if you have any questions about what not to do at the hospital hit us up gets a date at 705 at gmail.com thanks for listening bye bye see you next week peace out